Here it is, the Pistons Pod, with your host, Matt Derry. It's All-Star Game Week and a weekend, everybody. Matt Derry with you. Welcome in to the Pistons Pod, right here on Pistons.com and wherever you get your podcasts. As we wrap up the first half of the regular season and get ready for the Pistons to start up the second half of the season next week against the Charlotte Hornets. And we welcome in Michael Scotto is our guest today. Many of you uh, check out Michael on Twitter or you follow him off of uh, HoopsHype.com. He's also cover the league for The Athletic and uh, also read him at USA Today. And uh, Michael is an NBA insider uh, who joins us today and knows the league inside and out. He's going to give us a couple of minutes here on the Pistons pod. What's up, Michael? Hey, Matt. Pleasure to catch up with you. I hope you and yours are doing well. We are. How about you, buddy? It's uh, it's certainly been a, a wild year to be covering the league, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've had uh, plenty of conversations with uh, players around the league, coaches and executives, and believe it or not, they do miss the media. <laughs> it's, it's, not the sa- it's not the same for a lot of these guys, just uh, pregame and stuff. You'd see some guys, whether it was in the tunnel or – just courtside conversations, whether it was coaches, execs, and, and, and some players, you know, who would really get out there early and warm up. Um, that's what made, uh, that's what makes the job fun. I mean, it's a different era now with Zoom, and obviously we have to be safe uh, for the players, but hopefully by next season we can get back to that. I think it changes the dynamic of coverage a little bit. You don't hear as much about uh, locker room spats around the league or things like that because you're not outside the locker room to hear some of that stuff. So it, it, it changes the dynamic a little bit, but uh, certainly thankful that, you know, we are able to play. And uh, it's been a season filled with a lot of parity so far, I would say, when you look, especially in the East. I want to talk to you about that because obviously where Detroit is right now, it's uh, year one of sort of this retool and rebuild under new general manager Troy Weaver. Uh, they sit in the basement of the Eastern Conference. They've lost a lot of games, but they're in every game and they're competing. Um do you think, I want to piggyback off your last comment, could the rebuild go a lot faster because of the parity in the East, do you think? You know, that's an interesting question, Matt. I think, there is, a, is it possible? Yeah. When I So when I look at Troy Weaver in year one and so far the rebuild, uh, obviously the, the bright spot for the Detroit Pistons right now has been Jeremy Grant, who's having a career year after coming over from the Denver Nuggets. Um uh, one of the things that's kind of surprised me about his game is he's been able to get to the free throw line, and as a scorer, that's incredibly important. He's top 10 in the league in free throws made and attempts, and uh, he's been durable for them, knock on wood. You know, he's fifth in minutes per game. Um, I think Jeremy has expanded on his game offensively as he wanted to. Uh, Long term for Detroit, for them to get back to um, being a a strong playoff contender and maybe even long term, you know, if they want, you know, be a finals contender, um, he's not going to be your top option, but he needs him getting that confidence now and developing his skill set is, is vastly important. I would say if you're a Detroit Pistons fan right now, you know, you look at some rebuilds around the league and there's different ways that people have gone about it. Uh, you look at the Atlanta Hawks who spent, uh, a couple of years really getting high draft picks and you know trying to develop that way and then they had a big spending off season uh, just recently to try to get them towards the playoffs and hasten that development a little bit um, and I also look at a team kind of like the Brooklyn Nets obviously locally for me 
um, who did it somewhat in a way that Troy is trying to do, where they had some reclamation projects. You know, they had Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris, guys that were on the verge of being out of the league and at the time, and look at where they are now. Now with Troy Weaver, uh, we've seen some of that in guys like Josh Jackson, who was a high lottery pick. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., who we just acquired from the New York Knicks in the trade for Derrick Rose. Um, you know, that that's part of when you're going to do a full-scale rebuild, which Troy is attempting to do, essentially tear it down and start from scratch, it's, it's going to take a little bit more time, I think, than maybe a, a quick turnaround. Um, and just given their cap situation at the moment. But, um, you know, that's obviously a fluid thing. They're going to eventually have to handle the Blake Griffin situation and see what they're going to do with him. And, um, you know, they have their own free agency stuff to have to look up for a guy like Zvi Mikhailu, um, who's eligible for restricted free agency this summer. So uh, a lot of things. But th- to start off, certainly I think Jeremy Grant for them has been a nice find and an addition. And, and Troy's a guy that when you look at his past work in Oklahoma City, he had a huge hand in their draft uh classes and so i think anytime you're rebuilding that's got to be that's how i like to build if i was a team executive through the draft through trades and then free agency to supplement it so if you're a detroit pistons fan um troy having that background is a good start when you're trying to build from the ground up as he is trying to do in detroit when you watch jeremy grant play we're talking to michael scotto from hoopsype.com when you watch Grant play, uh, and we've had previous guests on Tim McCormick going going back a couple of months, I remember when Timmy said, you know, Grant was used to standing in the corner with the Nuggets, and, and obviously it was, you know, Jamal Murray and the Joker up top uh, playing pick and roll all game, and that that worked. I mean, Denver made it very far into the bubble last year, but now Grant's going and getting the basketball, Michael, um, and that's going to be huge for his confidence. You just see it in, in his game and in his and just in his body language every night, don't you? Oh, yeah, and I, I I would agree with that assessment. You know, in Denver, he was much more off the ball in the corner trying to slash to the basket as a backdoor cutter. Now in Detroit, you see him as a guy with the ball in his hands as a playmaker at the top of the key. Um, I think he's got more one-on-one moves and an ability to get to the basket than I would have thought. Um, and, you know, you're never going to know that unless you get the ball in his hands. And as I mentioned, you know, his ability to get to the foul line is critical for any guy that's going to be a go-to player on offense as a scorer, uh, it's great for his efficiency, and he's shooting the ball at the free throw line in an incredibly high clip. Um, so that's a plus. I think that that was the biggest thing that surprised me because, as you touched on, you know, when he was in Denver, he was much more of an off-the-ball player. Um, he has more shot-creating ability than I would have thought off the dribble in terms of getting to the paint. He, he's shown an ability to do that. Um, I think as he grows as a player, the next step for him is to continue to improve his overall jump shot from the three-point line and maybe even the mid-range game a little bit. But um, encouraging signs to see as he's a penetrator going to the rim uh, in one-on-one isolation plays. You mentioned before about building it right and doing it the right way with, with Troy, and obviously he's going to have some time to do that. And but the, but the, but it starts with a draft, and he accumulated picks this last you know off well off season the, the night of the draft it was like trader Troy he was everywhere, 
And all of a sudden, the Pistons went from having one pick at seven to having three in the first round, adding Sadiq Bey and, and uh, Isaiah Stewart. What did you think of those moves at the time, and, and how, how stunned are you now? I mean, these guys have been fantastic for you know mid, mid-round, first-round picks in a time where it takes time for these players to develop. Well, Sadiq Bey is a guy, I'll go in reverse order. Sadiq Bey is a guy that came from a winning program, and I think that that's important when you're trying to instill a, a culture like that. Um, guy that can shoot the three ball, guard multiple positions, one through three, that's going to be important anytime you're looking for versatility. In today's NBA, it's really about positionless basketball. I think for having a guy like Sadiq, he can be a guy that's uh, a solid role player on a good team. I think you, like, you could plug that kid anywhere on any team in the league and, and he would find minutes on the court. So that that's definitely a valuable player, number one. Uh, you touched on Isaiah Stewart. He actually spoke with Hoops types, uh, Brian Kalbrowski, my colleague before the draft. And, uh, you know, he, he said that he felt that he was the biggest sleeper in the draft. And, you know, Isaiah is a kid that could be the center of the future for Detroit. Right now he's learning from a solid veteran presence in Mason Plumley. right now. Um, you know, he's only 19 years old, this kid. And I think people forget that. Um, a little bit more of a bruiser inside, but... There's still room in the league for that, even though guys are a lot more, you know, trending towards picking pops. But I think Isaiah is a guy that has shown the ability to control the paint where he can rebound in his minutes and, and block shots. And that's you do need that. Any NBA team needs that, even if you play small ball. Um, so I think Isaiah has been a nice fit there. And I think the, the question mark is going to be long term. Just Killian Hayes because it's kind of been an incomplete uh, report card grade just due to his injuries right now. But obviously they took him as a long-term play. He has good size for his position. Uh, his development long-term is going to be critical for the success of Detroit. Uh, there's no two ways about it, especially in a league where the point guard play um, really dictates the success of, of teams long-term. You know what I, too, I like, uh, and, and we mentioned the three first-round picks, but the second-round pick, Saban Lee from Vanderbilt, is getting some minutes now, has played well over the last couple of weeks because just out of necessity with all the moves, uh, you know, Derrick Rose being traded, guys being injured, Dennis Smith, as Dwayne Casey had said, needed to kind of get into game shape, and they've given this kid an opportunity, and that's Michael Wright in year one of a rebuild. Hey, let, let's see what we have and give guys opportunities. There's nothing wrong with doing that right now, right? A hundred percent, and you know, again, it, I compare it sort of like to what the Brooklyn Nets did early on. Like, guys like Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie got opportunities, and then they ended up becoming key players and role players and starters for the Nets down the line. And I think that's what Troy Weaver is doing now. You know, we touched on it. Uh, a guy like Josh Jackson always, Josh Jackson always had talent. Uh, it was about having the right fit and, and improving on his mental makeup and, you know, fortitude in that sense. And Dennis Smith Jr. was a guy that um, always had talent, dealt with injuries, but a guy that was an explosive player coming out of college. I, I think it's about trying to find those type of diamonds in the rough if you're the Detroit Pistons. And you're essentially, essentially the way I break it down is you have a puzzle and you have all these pieces out there and you're just trying to put it together and see – what fits where? What are the, what what pieces are the four corners of your puzzle? 
you know, who can be a core player and then working to, to fill out the rest of the core. And so having those younger guys on the team, you're giving everybody a shot. And, you know, I think also people forget uh, Sekou, who they drafted as well just a year ago. You know, you're trying to figure out what long-term his position could be with this squad and and trying to just, like you said, figure out where you're going to compete eventually with, with teams in the East. I think anytime teams play Detroit, they know they're going up for a hard-nosed matchup. Uh, it's just going to be over time, they're going to try to fill out that roster and obviously improve the scoring bunch. Uh, right now, Jeremy Grant has shouldered a lot of that load. But, you know, the real wild cards for that team are the development of Josh Jackson um, and some of those other reclamation projects like Dennis Smith Jr. These are guys that have always had talent. They're, obviously, with where they were drafted and other teams are taking chances on them, can Detroit's development program help them take the next step? that's going to determine a lot of their rebuild process as well. Michael Scotto with us, great insight, NBA insider and uh, reporter for HoopsHype.com, also at USA Today, formerly of The Athletic. Uh, Michael and I have talked many times in the past. This guy covers the league and does a fantastic job. I want to go back to something you said about Stewart. Um, lunch pale guy. Walt Frazier the other night in the Knicks broadcast uh, made a comment, and it was all over Twitter, that, oh, he reminds him of a young Ben Wallace already. People have even said Rodman. There aren't a lot of those guys left. Isn't it kind of refreshing to watch him? Yeah, and I and as I think we touched on earlier, I don't think there's a problem with combining some old school flavor with some new school game. You know, a lot of these big men nowadays uh, want to just block shots and shoot threes, but there, there are opportunities for guys in the league that are more of a bruiser type. He. You know, this is a 250-pound kid at 19 years old, and as he continues to improve his physique naturally, um, you know, in the weight room, he's going to be a guy that should be able to control the paint. And anytime you're a guy, you know, look, Ben Ben Wallace was a stud for many years and the anchor of one of the best uh, defensive teams the league has seen over time. Um that that's and you know tennis robin those are tough comparisons for a young guy <laughs> right but but that said um i understand the uh the core of that where he is a bit of a throwback player and and i think that that's a good thing and, and as i've said to you look matt i think um you know Tro- given troy's draft experience in the past i think that's his bread and butter you know i like when when they took russell westbrook back in the day I didn't think Russell Westbrook would be as a perennial all-star as he became. You know, I mean, Kevin Durant, we could have figured, at least I thought. But, you know, he, he gets the benefit of the doubt. And the guys that he's he's drafted so far, you look at them and, and you could see that they have a role on a team, not only in Detroit, but I, I always question when, when a guy is taken in a draft and he's on a team, can this guy play on another team? Could he get minutes out there? in other situations and if he can that's obviously going to increase his value um and so i think that's the other thing too that troy's going to have to do and is with any rebuild you have to acquire assets and having young assets is obviously the best currency in the league because they're controllable uh from a contract standpoint with the cba and younger legs it's a young man's game you see it a lot a lot of transition up and down but 
yeah, Isaiah has a chance to be their center long term. You know, Mason's a guy there that's a good veteran role model for him. And to learn the game from learn work habits. Obviously, I had him here in Brooklyn as well. I know what he is about as a professional on and off the court. And, and that's all part of the process. Final thing for Michael, uh, speaking of professionals, the man at the at the helm that certainly when he got here, it, things were a little bit different. The team was vying for the playoffs and in the playoffs, actually, and that was Dwayne Casey, of course. What do you think about the fit of him molding this young roster, kind of similar to what he did uh, in Toronto? Interesting question, Matt. I think Dwayne is a guy that, you know, you're talking about a former coach of the year, um, knows what winning is. You know, I, I, it's just interesting for me because developing guys is a lot about giving them the opportunity. So the record may not be, especially early in a rebuild, you know, the, his record may not be what it was in um, Toronto, but you're evaluating it on a different uh, scale. I think by the end of the season and looking ahead, they've got to look at whether those young guys, like we talked about, Jeremy Grant, as he continue to develop Josh Jackson, um, you know, He's trying to get the most out of Dennis Smith Jr. right now. And, you know, those other guys, Isaiah and uh, Sadiq Bey. So, for me, I think I think he's a fine candidate to have. Look at, I guess, like, I would compare it this way, in a sense. Look at what a guy like Tom Thibodeau, for example, has done with the New York Knicks. Okay, he's come in and established a mindset and a culture, and they're ahead of their curve in terms of rebuilding in my opinion i don't think anybody saw them playing and being this competitive in the east thus far so for Dwayne, right now again you're at the very start of it where the roster is being deconstructed um so i think for him it's about establishing the right habits and the right work ethic and i do think that he's a fine coach to do that in that role now and then you know long term look the Pistons are going to have a top pick most likely going into the draft. And there are guys that I think they're going to be looking at, you know, like a Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, maybe a Jonathan Kaminga on the wing, um, and that they can supplement the core of this team and, and continue to develop going forward. Dwayne's a guy that's that, especially like you touched on coming off Toronto, uh, has shown the ability to win and develop and get the most out of his guys. That's what you're always looking for in a coach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as long as he's okay being a part of the rebuild, you know, some coaches we saw with Mike Budenholzer uh, at a certain point when he left Atlanta to go to Milwaukee. Some coaches, you have to be willing to accept that and know the role you have going in. As long as they're all on the same page with that, and I'm sure he and Troy have those conversations, um, then it can work. I don't think any question about it. Uh, you talk about Dwayne Casey, the uh, the ultimate professional, and, and he and Troy Weaver are doing a nice job, certainly, here in year one, because the, the fans are into it, uh, Michael. They, they're they happy with what they're seeing because it's fun. They're in every game, like we said, and they're taking their lumps right now, but I think a, a, a turnaround certainly is, is coming. Michael, appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks so much. You got it, Matt. Anytime. Michael Scotto, check him out at Hoops Hype and uh, USA Today, fine uh, NBA reporter and an analyst, uh, giving us a couple minutes here on the Pistons pod here at Pistons.com. Check us out, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you after the All-Star Game next week.